Hello everyone, I am here today to conclude my mini-series on the Virginia versus the Monitor. Today I will be discussing the Battle of Hampton Roads and the fate of both of these ve- these vessels, not vehicles, after the war. So to those who do not remember, the Virginia was the Confederate vessel, and its main benefit over the Union one was its superior size. However, it was much slower and harder to maneuver, while the Monitor was the Union ship. And it was smaller and easier to maneuver, but less powerful, and had less armor in general. So the Battle of Hampton Roads was fought at Hampton Roads, of course. This is a roadstead, which is basically a nautical term for a part of, like, a part of a body of water, where there are certain, like, they don't really have major currents or ocean movement, so ships can kind of stay there without being moved around. And this is where the Elizabeth and, I believe it is pronounced, Namsamond, rivers meet the james river just before like it would enter the chesapeake bay right next to the city of norfolk so basically it's a major spot where all these rivers meet up which is important for trade and this battle was a major part of like the confederacy's effort to break the union blockade for those who do not remember those who do not learn this during the civil war the union used something known as the anaconda plan which is essentially a blockade of the confederate coastline to help strangle them out of resources and this is one of their several attempts to break the blockade this battle is arguably one of like the most, or this is prob- this is most almost certainly the most famous battle, and arguably probably the most important battle for several reasons. I would argue that it was pretty famous because, well, it's well known that these and this is like the major class between these two. And if we argue that it's kind of important, as this battle kind of prevented the Virginia from like completely wrecking the and en- their enemy fleet, not like completely wrecking everything. But it kind of made it harder for it to, like, do what it was intended, just, like, to make a big difference. So we're going to talk about the battle. The Confederate chain of command was very, like, uneven. It was kind of, like, not, like, uneven. I would say it's kind of, like, irregular. The chain of command was not very defined. There was, like, several issues. I wouldn't say this is a bad thing, but it was just kind of... It makes it hard to describe the chain of command. The Union, on the other hand, also had an issue. The guy in charge of the North Atlantic blockading squadron, which was this group of ships was currently gone he had created a plan for his groups to try to like trap the virginia aka the merrimack in a cost fire however he four of the ships during the course of this battle would run aground in the confined waters which would mess them up and during the battle he was actually gone and his second in command john marston was in charge a thing to note however the ship john marston was on is actually one of the ships that ran aground which is somewhat which made it much harder for him to take control. Okay, so the battle began when the CSS Virginia went traveled into or steamed into Hampton Roads in the morning of March 8th, 1862. The captain of it, Captain Boutonan, intended to attack as soon as possible, and he was accompanied by several ships. One of the ships, however, was temporarily disabled after they passed a Union battery, but was soon repaired. And during this period, I, bl- I believe there were about... Five or so Confederate ships plus the Merrimack slash Virginia and five major Union warships and a few other ones that were near wa- nearby and came ag- and went on the way. A few more ships tried to come into like, they tried to travel, not away or towards the field of battle. I don't remember which direction, but they ended up running aground. The roadstead was a pretty small environment, which definitely messed up. I feel I argue that this is kind of like could play in this arguably could have 
been like a big advantage to either side, but it wasn't as big as an advantage as it could have been. And it just kind of led to several ships running aground and kind of messed up some ship's ability to maneuver. The Virginia went straight for the Union squadron. And it was actually, however, the Union who fired the first shots. These first shots had no effect. And I think to note, the Virginia did not even open fire until they were within easy range of the Cum- USSS Cumberland. The guns of the Cumberland and the other ships were barely able to damage it. And it was even then, it was only light damage. Most shots ended up bouncing off of it. The Virginia actually managed to use its ram, and they took down the Cumberland below the waterline. For those who do not remember, the Virginia was equipped with a ram, and they managed to ram it below the waterline, which means that water would have flowed into the ship at a massive rate. However, this was um, this proved almost disastrous. Because when they rammed the Cumberland, the ram of the Virginia ended up stuck in the ship. And if they hadn't disengaged, they probably would have been dragged down to the ocean together. However, they managed to back up and run away. Not run away, but back away in a way that would get them safe. Soon enough, the Congress was grounded. And they, like, the guy in charge of the Congress, the ship, the Congress, ordered it to kind of be pushed inland or, like, run aground to help protect it slash give it a way to evacuate. And soon enough, the James River Squadron, which was the major Confederate squadron in the area, ended up coming and also shelling slash shooting upon the... the, Not Congress, the... um, uh, Yeah, the Congress, sorry. They managed to get the survivors off, however. But soon enough, they opened fire... The um, Confederates opened fire with hot shot which is when they would heat cannonballs in a way that would make them hot enough to set fire, and this eventually blew up the ship. And after by this point, the Virginia had not suffered anything major. However, they still had a few injuries. A few of their armor plates had been kind of loosened. Some people, were, like two people were killed, I think, and a few were injured. In addition to this, they had issues with the smokestack, and some, several guns were disabled. Soon enough, they would attack another ship. The Minnesota, which would also run aground. However, the Virginia was not able to get it close enough to be effective or get into play, and soon enough darkness began falling, and they ended up having to retreat slash not retreat, but like they left for the night and came to plan to come back. In response to this, this was basically the biggest defeat the U.S. Navy would ever see into World War Two, because it was a massive loss. Because of just, like, the, the ships, they, they would lost several ships. They didn't really do much damage in turn. And they weren't even able to damage the main ship in a way that would cripple it. And they were basically facing something that they could not destroy. In response, they would soon... They would deploy the Monitor to go down. And the next day, the Monitor would engage the Virginia. This will be the part I will probably focus the most on. As this is kind of the part that's more important to our mini-series than anything else. The Monitor was had arrived on the second day, a.k.a. the ninth. But during the night, the Virginia had managed to do some temporary rep- repairs, which meant that the um, issues they had suffered, they would still have a few issues from the damage, but they would have much less. However, the guy in charge of the Monitor at this point had been ordered to protect the Minnesota, but like, that was his first priority. So they ended up taking a position near the the Minnesota, which kind of was an odd position to take, but it was worthwhile for them. 
because the Virginia actually went to attack the Minnesota with a few other ships, and they soon enough would come into conflict with the Monitor as it was in their way. At first, they did not understand. They did not know that this was like a ironclad. They were somewhat confused. Soon enough, the Virginia would open fire first. And the this would actually miss the monitor, and it would hit the Minnesota. And soon enough, the battle would begin once again. This battle would go on for several hours, and neither of them could really hit each other. They could hit each other, but they couldn't get past the armor. Both of their armors was too powerful. And a reason that they couldn't really get past the armor is that both of them were not meant, or they were not really ready. They had something. Both of them had some handicaps when it came to like their armaments. The person in charge of the Virginia Buchanan did not use did not have armor piercing shot, which made so he made it much more difficult for him to pierce the armor of the monitor. And the monitor guns did not use enough powder for propulsion to pierce the armor. The battle would only cease when the Virginia would strike the monitor's pilot house. The reason that this would end it temporarily is as when it struck the pilot house, this, it did not break it, but it sent shards and various fragments of this material and debris into the viewing slits, which ended up temporarily blinding the man in charge of the monitor. They were forced to draw off temporarily, however, they would soon return to the battle. However, the Virginia... Eventually, the Virginia believed that the monitor would not be coming back, and they had suffered enough damage that they wanted to repair the ship, so they ended up temporarily retreating to Nerf Norfolk, Norfolk, and the monitor came back and saw this. And because of this, like, kind of discrepancy in like which one really retreated, both sides claim victory. It's you can't. It's kind of hard to. You could argue that both sides technically won, actually. However, there's not, there's not really a definitive winner. And both sides' claim to winning is that the other side retreated first. However, both sides kind of thought that the other side was done with the conflict, which kind of makes it a little bit hard to pinpoint. And because of this battle, the Virginia spent a, quite a bit of time in dry dock getting repaired. Which was kind of a issue for them. Because by the time they were repaired later, the time they were, like, got finished, or, like, they were getting repaired, the Union was able to make several more ironclads, semi-ironclads, or armored ships, into, which kind of allowed them to supplement their forces and kind of get them ready to fight it. And those ships would never fight again because they spent most of their remaining time, like, where they could have been in conflict with each other, kind of, like, posturing, like, trying to find the best ground for them to fight. Neither one wanted to find ground that they did not choose. They, as these ships are kind of pretty closely matched, I feel that they probably each wanted what would ever give them the highest advantage over their opponent in an attempt to sink them. And this was the end for both of these ships. And the reason this was a strategic, however, the reason that this battle was a strategic loss for the Confederacy is as they failed in breaking the blockade, which kind of made Norfolk and this, that area very like not very useful and soon enough they attempted to move the virginia up to the north to richmond to like that general area from norfolk to richmond however the confederate army soon ended up abandoning this area 
and that Virginia was unable to go north or go north enough to the area. They were not able to travel up the river as their strip, the river was not deep enough because the draft was too great, and the man in charge ended up deciding that instead of letting the, conf- the Union capture their Confederate ship, they would sink it, which I find quite interesting, actually. I mean, I guess it makes sense. And the Monitor would also not survive the year as they would sink in rough seas after water would get into several parts and the pumps were unable to pump out the water. And that is all. Thanks for listening. And this was my final episode of the mini series on the Merrimack and the Monitor.